There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Playing it forward. Another episode, a fantastic one. My partner, the man, the myth, the legend, Mike Sauter, joining me this week. This one should be good. <sighs> yeah. Drew Christo, Jordan Ball, two of uh, the best around and maybe ever. The, they'll, be in, about- they'll be in that ever yeah, discussion. Yeah, yeah, Jordan Ball for sure is a softball player. There's no question. He's on the Mount Rushmore, no no doubt. And Drew will be that way as a multi-sport guy. So the, sure. the funny thing with Jordan is that Mount Rushmore will have maybe for sure one, yeah. maybe two. Two former monarchs yeah, as well, for sure. <laughs> Depending, like right? so I mean, uh, it's it is it has become a softball factory. Is Jordan Ball from Papillion La Vista High School, home of the Monarchs, and Andrew Christo, and and we'll talk to him a little bit about um, how they each respectively chose their schools. Jordan, I think it was a little Don't easier yeah. for than Drew, yeah. even though Drew probably handled it. Listen. This is my school. These are my yeah. friends. I'm going so where, where grew, my friends grew up. Grow. Where I grew to, up. Yeah, like he, he, you know, get into you know who his kind of hero was growing up. Right. How, how about how about this? Two folks that kind of embody, dare I say, neighborhood schools. Yes, very much so. <laughs> do, do we do that? Very much so. All in on their. Remember their when you used to school. move and pick yeah. a location based on the school? Yeah. Yeah. We'll yeah, we'll we'll talk to and. I guarantee we'll probably be educated. That's cool. for sure. Yeah. Let me ask you guys, because the, the catalyst for this whole deal was the, the legacy thing. And you guys are interesting because you've had such strong classes where you've known a lot of people in your class for a long time. We joke that they're such a high caliber of athlete, right. yet could still babysit young it's, kids. Like just quality, good people, really, really good athletes. In your sphere of influence, is it simply a rising tide lifts all boats? Did you guys, I mean, Jordan, you're great friends with Lindsay. Lindsay's a phenom as well in her own regard. Drew, you've got the the Graggarts and and the crew that you run around with. This is that what it is? Do you do you surround yourself with like goal oriented people, or was it just coincidence? I, I I think so. I mean, I think that's part of it for sure. Um, I mean, growing up playing all these youth sports, you're playing against all these, all these great athletes that we see, um, especially in this senior class. And, um, for a lot of, for a lot of people, you're playing them in multiple sports. And so you get to know these people pretty well through competition and, um, and through the games that you play with each other and and the teams that you're on. And so, um, and you see, you see people excelling. And then I think that drives you to, you know, put forth your best effort and, and excel in your own way. So I definitely think, um, that is a case, especially with this class, is just um, seeing the success others are having is driving other people to strive for that same type of success. 
Um, I think that a big part of it is who you surround yourself with. And I also think a big part is that um, you stick to your morals and you stick to your values because society is always changing and it's always telling you that this is okay and that's okay, but maybe inside you know it's not and it doesn't align with what you believe in and everything. And the more you surround yourselves with people that um, think the same as you as far as they're not just going to be pushed around by today's culture, then the more success you're going to have and the more on track you're going to be able to stay on. So I think that is a big part of it. Jordan, how much do you pay attention to what, you know, what Hunter Salas or, you know, Lindsay, I guess it's the same sport, same time um, softball. Well, the high school season is the same time softball, volleyball, but do you, do you pay attention to that? And do you kind of carry that? Cause you carry yourself really, really well. I mean, for someone as talented as you, you could be a jerk, but you're not. Thanks. Um, yeah, I do. I do like to keep tags on like the other athletes in Nebraska and how they're all succeeding because I think it's awesome having a bunch of um, athletes from the Midwest and from Nebraska who excel in ways like you said earlier. And I just think it's really cool that, um, you know, just keeping tags on them and kind of being like a community almost of athletes from Nebraska. They're all trying to excel at the next level. Jordan, I'll stick with you. What, what do you think makes this why is it this senior class like what what is the we this is a question we've tried to answer for seven eight podcasts now why is it why is it this group what makes this group special and why are they like the now standard bears now it's going to be really hard to follow this up in the next couple years um i would just say that just, I think this class has a lot of hardworking blue collar people, you know, like from the Midwest and, you know, like being from Nebraska and everything, like it's kind of understood that if you want to be noticed and all that kind of stuff, you're going to have to work really hard, sometimes harder than teams and players that are in places that get more attention for their sport. Um, so I think it's just the work ethic and the blue collar like mentality that athletes from this state have. Drew, is that, would you kind of agree with that? Cause you mentioned that too. And I just in talking with you in the past, it's, it's representing the state. That's a big, that's a big, big thing right now. Um, and it has been for the last, you know, forever, but I think even more so there's more of a focus now, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think, you know, with, with a lot of these, um, players and across all the different sports in Nebraska, I think there's kind of a chip on everybody's shoulder, um, when it comes to the national stage, because, I feel like a lot of us think that just because um, we're from Nebraska, people looking outside kind of, you know, look down and don't give us as much credit as, you know, we think we deserve. So I think that's part of it is when everyone goes out and um, tries to challenge that and, and wants to prove that, um, you know, we're hard workers and we're just as talented and um, able to be just as good as the people from around the country. Jordan, is I, I asked Lindsay the same question. Is it, uh, and Drew, I guess you could follow up answer after Jordan. When you go to the grocery store or gas station or just out in public, you're kind of recognizable, right? In your community, people know who you are now. How do you handle that? How do you, how do you handle that at such a young age and being, you know, who you are, you're the number one softball player in the country. I mean, that's, there's a lot of expectations with that too. So, but how do you handle the kind of success and not let that get to your head? Um, 
Well, as far as like not letting success get your head in that kind of thing, my parents and my siblings have always, you know, just helped keep me humble. And I think just like out in town, you have to always know that people are always watching you and little girls are going to be looking up to you and seeing how you're acting, how you're treating other people. And you want to reflect like in a good way. You want to be respectful to everybody. You want to um, be polite out in stores. You don't want to see people like, you don't want people to like see you being like swearing all the time and uh, treating people poorly and making poor decisions that a lot of like high school kids make. So I think you just have to be almost like more mature and just know that people are always watching and making sure that wherever you go, you're like putting out what you want to be like portrayed as. Drew kind of similar, I guess, question for you, but I'm, I'm guessing similar sort of answer. Yeah, I mean, for me, growing up in Elkhorn, the, the guy that I always look up to and thought was the coolest was Chris Weber. And so, I mean, going to the, the, the basketball games on Friday night and then seeing him play um, under the lights on, on Fridays as well for football, um, I just thought he was the coolest dude ever. So um, being a senior and kind of understanding that, you know, kids in, in the community um, may look up to me or, or, or my teammates um, and friends as, as maybe their type of Chris Weber. So, um I try and, you know, in, in my everyday life, just set a good example because you never know really how many people are watching you and um, young kids, you know, they, they want to be like, be like people um, who they look up to. So um, whatever you do is going to be reflected um, in the youth and the community. So um, I feel like it's a way of showing gratitude um, just to set, set the right example for people watching. Drew, you played, I mean, multiple sport guy, I mean, right. So, and, and excelled at a very high level, I think at all three, what, um, is that some, is there, do you have any regrets now that you're kind of towards the back end of, I mean, you still have baseball to go here for a couple weeks, a week or two. Mm -hmm. Do you have any regrets at all? Um, I have zero regrets, um, especially about playing the, I mean, the three sports growing up, it's, I mean, each sport is something that I love to do. Um, and so for me coming into high school, uh, when people would ask me, you know, are you going to keep playing all three or um, when that kind of it came time to decide if I was going to stick with baseball or um, continue with all three, it really wasn't a tough decision for me just because um, I love playing them. So I, I did what I loved and I, I think I reaped the benefits of playing all three and being a competitor um, in every season and being a teammate to a, a different group of guys and a, um, a player for three different coaches, you know, um, I think I've grown a lot as an athlete and as a person just by continuing to play the sports um, that I grew up playing in high school. And I want to talk about community because Elkhorn obviously is very important to you, Drew and Papillion Jordan for you. I mean, is there a certain sense of pride? Do you say, Hey, I'm from Omaha or I'm from Papillion or Elkhorn or, is is the community feel a little bit different? Yeah, I mean personally, I when I when I introduce myself and people, whether I'm out of town playing a baseball tournament or whatever it may be, um, I say I'm from Elkhorn just because you know growing up here, kind of like I said, going to the sports games when I was a little kid, those were the the people that I look up to, and um, especially in Elkhorn, I feel like we we're proud of of our culture and um, the winning traditions that come with being an Elkhorn antler. So um, I think it's something that everyone who goes through Elkhorn um, experiences and wants to be proud of. 
Jordan, for you, is it Papillion yeah, or Omaha? Um, for me, yeah, for me, it's kind of the same thing. I always say I'm from Papio, and I think it's just that our town, you know, and especially our school has so much tradition, mm. and our town is just really proud of itself. And honestly, I, I just love my town, and um, I always say Papio. <laughs> Jordan, let me start with you, just because I, I, I think um, – it's interesting because softball has been good here for a really long time and it's flown under the radar. Drew, I'll get to you in a second because I've known you so much longer. When you're kind of carrying the tradition and you're thinking high school and impact, how much did Papillion's history play into you wanting to be a part of it? Um, it was a big part of it. Um, so just all the players previously have just set like a tone in the program that you're going to work hard and everything that you get is that everything that you like, you're going to earn everything. Nothing's going to be given to you. And so that was always something that, um, you know, starting freshman year was always in the front of our mind. And, um, it's just when younger classmen came in, as I got older, it was something that I wanted them to see as well. And so knowing that that was like the history and like the culture of that program, it was a program that I wanted to be a part of and I wanted to have an impact on and I wanted to leave that same legacy when I left. Drew, obviously having watched you since you were younger, you had a, it looked like a tough decision for us. Maybe it wasn't. All your friends were going to Elkhorn. That was your neighborhood. It doesn't sound like you ever wavered, even though you knew you could potentially kind of be blazing your own trail as a as a three sport guy at Elkhorn. Like, how important or easy was that for you? I think for me, um, it it really was pretty an easy decision. Um, I knew that um, you know Elkhorn was a Class B school, and some people were saying, like, "Oh, you, you might not get as many looks going to Elkhorn as you would opposed going to." some bigger schools and the class A schools like prep and stuff like that. But for me, I think we kind of touched on it earlier, just the community sense that I grew up a part of um, I'm here in Elkhorn and just wanting to be an antler since I was, you know, fifth grader running around um, on the grass football field at Elkhorn high and pretending like I was catching the passes. I feel like that's something that really um, made the decision super easy to, to be an antler. Jordan, how much, how often do you, Talk to Lindsay. I mean, I know you guys grew up, you know, going to school together, playing sports together, all that stuff. But do you still kind of communicate? And- yeah, we still we still keep in touch. In fact, she was just at my grad party this last weekend, and it was nice to get to sit down and talk with her. But she's really busy, and I'm really busy, so we don't hang out like we used to when we went to school together every day. But we do keep in touch with each other and just see how each other are doing every now and then. Jordan, it followed you. Uh, a long time from afar I've heard you talk about your recruiting story and and why Oklahoma and something you said just a couple of minutes ago sparked the thought you talked about like-minded wanting to be a part of what what you're into it sounds like it was extremely important as you're watching Oklahoma their team camaraderie how you kind of scouted them how they recruited you it was of the utmost importance that your beliefs and what you like to do were, were perfectly aligned. Yeah. Um, so basically, you know, like going seven hours away, I'm going to be the farthest away from my family that I ever have been. And so I want like whoever my teammates are to be my family. And I don't want to have to completely change the person I am to fit in or feel like I need to fit in. Um, 
So I really just, you know, like wanted to match my core values with a program's culture's core values. And it was a pretty good match. Drew, it's interesting having watched you because you don't you don't say a ton. You don't. There's very few days off. We talk about being a pro draft pick. Is there a part of you that would like to slow down for a period of time and catch up on your age? Or are you, you sound just like your dad, which is eerie, (laughs) but is there a part of you that wants to slow down and kind of get back on track with your age, if there is such a thing? I mean, I think a little bit, um, but, you know, I also kind of understand that I'm pretty fortunate to be in the situation that I am. So um, I'm never going to like wish that wasn't the case, but um, I feel like even, you know, living like in, in being maybe advanced in age or whatever um, with the situation coming up, um, I feel like there is times where, you know, it's a Saturday night and I'm playing video games with my friends where, you know, I feel like a normal 18 year old kid. And so um, it's moments like that, that, you know, I really take, um, and, and I try not to take them for granted because um, I know those days are quick and they're, you know, graduation here is next week. And so it feels like the last four years of high school went by like that. And so um, every moment that I get um, and can truly just be a kid for the last couple of times is, is something that I'm not um, looking to waste. Drew, you can take, like, after the baseball season, you could take a couple days or a week. You'd be good. Yeah. What we yeah, talked yeah, yeah, talk a couple <laughs> of years ago, you get probably 10 days off in a season where you'd say they were uh, off? Yeah, probably. I mean, well, I mean, this year it was probably less since we went to the state finals for basketball and football. I think I had about two days before basketball practice started, and then my first baseball game was six days after the – the basketball state championship. So it definitely is a quick turnaround, but um, that's what you want to do is make the runs as deep as you can in those tournaments. Jordan, let me ask you something because you're always so dialed in. You guys were had a perfect record um, for a long time. And my coaches would tell me, you're not, you're not playing against perfection. You're playing against maximizing your abilities, which in somewhere out there, there's that perfect game. Be honest here, because it's playing it forward. That's the title of the podcast, so you're providing insight. How close is a perfect record, 40-some-odd-and-O, versus your personality in terms of how you approach practice and being a student? You seem like the type of person that strives for perfection. Um, yeah, I just think that no matter what you do, whether it's like school or practice or games that you should be trying to do everything to the best of your abilities. And I think that was also like the mindset with everyone on our team. And that's why we had that success. Um, if you're doing something, you know, why not do it to your max potential with as much intent as you can. And so I think that was just how we approached every practice, how we approached every game. It didn't matter who was in the other dugout. We were just going to worry about ourselves and um, like how we approached everything wasn't going to change no matter who was in the other dugout. We were just going to try to go out there and be better than we were the next day or the last day. You you both have had tremendous success at the high school level. When you go on to the next level, whatever that may be, um, you're going to face some adversity, right? Things aren't going to come as easy. How are you going to, how do you think you'll handle that? Or have you even thought about that? I mean, I'm not saying every time that you took the mound 
or stepped in the box or stepped up to, stepped up to the free throw line, you were perfect. What I'm saying is you were pretty dominant high school careers. When you get to that next level, you might not be as dominant. Have you thought about that? Has that crossed your mind how you're going to kind of handle that? Um, I think so. I mean, um, understanding, I think, is a big part of allowing yourself um, to grow when you reach the next level. You kind of have to be okay with, you know, being the freshman again and um, being at the bottom of the totem pole. And then that creates the desire to reach the top because you still have a long way to go. Um, you don't know everything yet and you're not the best player on the team or on the field um, any day of the week. So I think having an understanding and acceptance of that going in um, is something that's going to make the acceptance of the adversity um, and the will to get better come a lot more naturally. And so that's something that I've tried to remind myself of, you know, as high school is ending and these next couple months, I'll either be going to Nebraska or whatever the case may be. I'm just understanding that I'm still going to have to challenge myself every day to um, be the athlete I want to be and the person I want to be. Jordan, for you, if you want to answer that quick. Yeah, I agree with everything he said. I think a big part of that freshman year is just accepting your role and knowing that, like you said, you're going to be at the bottom of the totem pole again. And then when that adversity hits, like, you know, especially baseball and softball, they're games of failure. So every single time you step on the field, there's going to be some kind of adversity. But um, just understanding that adversity is, you know, part of what makes you better. You know, you need to be testing yourself, you know, and without testing yourself, how are you going to get better? So I agree with all that. The, the, the poise in which this interview is going is kind of unbelievable. But no surprise, I guess, considering your success. Which came first? Was it the installation of kind of the household, the morals, the how you were going to carry yourself, or is it the testing of the perseverance when you're out there competing? Because I think you need both. You have to somehow go from words to practical application. Like, what was – you got to walk me through this starting point. This, this just didn't come from nowhere. I think for, I think for me, like the first time that I kind of, or when looking back on it now, the, the time that I kind of attribute this all to is, you know, growing up, obviously your parents are going to be great to you and they're going to determine what like your attitudes and your morals are. And I've been blessed with two great parents who, who've done that for me and set me up for uh, a great life and everything that they've done for me. Um, but then kind of like you said, at some point you kind of have to, to challenge those and put those morals and, and, um, principles into, into practice. And so, I mean, you probably, you probably remember Damon at the Skyhawk football practices, um, when, when Lance is blowing his whistle and we're running our six down back and <laughs> that's the last thing that I want to do. Um, but having my dad there who instilled these, these principles and, um, character traits in me when I was young and kind of helping me through that process. Um, and understanding that if you challenge yourself, you're going to be okay. Like Lance said, in two minutes, you guys will be done crying. You'll be sipping on McDonald's Sprite after the practice. <laughs> that was his analogy. So, yeah. I mean, so I think it, it definitely helped me, um, to have my dad be a coach when I was, um, a young kid because he helped me, apply the morals that he taught me to sports, which then helped me apply them to my own life. Jordan. Yeah. Um, I think for me, um, a big part 
probably the biggest part was having my parents and, um, you know, just raising me with the morals and everything. And so when adversity did hit, like it was what was already instilled in me that helped me decide how I was going to handle that adversity. Um, one moment I remember was I was like 12 years old and this team put up 17 runs on me in one inning Mm. and where a lot of kids would maybe get in their car and their parents would start making excuses like, Oh, it was cold out. There were a lot of airs, (laughs) stuff like that. Um, my dad said, well, what are you going to do about it? How long are you going to sit and feel bad for yourself? You know, it's, it should never be, why is this happening to me? But what am I going to do about it? And I think parent, my parents instilling that in me was what helped me when I faced that adversity and like led to how I handled it. It's, it's always someone else's, it's not someone else's fault all the time. Right? I, I, I just <laughs> like the, not the why, but yeah. the what, Yeah. right? Like don't, the, the why is, is a given. Mm. What's next? Yeah. Like that's, I think it's so, it's so cool to hear you say that because you say it so seamlessly. Like, hey, it's just who I am. It's, 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 it's what I do. Are you often surprised that some, there, there is a, fear, a, a sphere out there that just can't push back or fight back against speed bumps and hiccups? Do you... Do you sometimes shake your head? Is it empathy? Is it sympathy? Is it, hey, let me help you through this? Because um, mental toughness is kind of this abstract concept that we, we, we talk about yeah. like yesteryear. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think a big part of the mental thing is just your approach like to life, but also um, like it's like your approach to life. Like, how are you going to live your life? Are you going to live your life? Like you're given things or like nothing bad should ever happen to you. Or are you going to live it with accepting that bad things are going to happen and it's just part of life. And how are you just going to deal with it? Are failures for you guys all relative? Like, I mean, people will look at your, both of your careers and they'll think, yeah, how hard could it have been? And you'll come back and say, listen, for me, this is what it looked like. It, has it been relative to what you think you're capable of doing? Um, fail, every athlete has failures. In fact, like my biggest failures happened like my sophomore year of high school when we were undefeated and then the state championship lost back to back to Southwest. And I think that was a big flip switch for me where I realized, okay, so I'm no longer going to let a walk turn into a base hit, turn into another walk and just let the failures keep building up. But whenever something like that happens or that lead off home run gets hit off me in the top of the first inning, you know, um, instead of just letting it start to kind of snowball, just snip it in the butt and um, just learning from your failure to like how to handle it. But every athlete faces failure and it's just how you deal with it. I think. Yeah. I mean, I think for me personally, um, my freshman year, our basketball team, the, the varsity team that I played on, we I think we finished second to last in all of Class B. And then in the state summer legion tournament, um, state championship, I started against Midwest, got blown up, we lost the game. And so, I mean, as, as a young high school kid, you're like, well, I mean, w- what now? But I think the perspective that I've gained from that, you know, like looking back on it, I was still fine after – you know, we lost the championship game. I was still fine after this year, after we lost the championship game um, in basketball. And so I think failing has allowed me to gain a perspective that no matter what life's going to go on. And so I can either 
live in the past and dwell on what I didn't do successfully, or I can accept it, look forward, learn from what I did, and then try to avoid that in the future. So legacy is what we've talked about. And and the catalyst for this, like we said, I mean, this has been weeks now that we've done this. You're going to leave a legacy with your athletic performance and off the field and all of that. What do you want that legacy to be? Jordan, I guess I'll start with you. Um, The biggest legacy that I want to leave is just the one that was left for me, that nothing in life is given and you're going to have to work for everything, nor should anything be given. Drew? I think for me, um, you know, on the field and and playing sports, I want people to just, when they watch me play, try and, you know, see that you want to play for your teammates and play for other people. If you can do that, then success will come to you. Um, But I think a bigger thing that throughout my high school um, career is, you know, and now that it's coming to an end that I hope, you know, a legacy that that I leave behind and my class leaves behind is, is how you treat people, not really while you're playing sports, but just in general in life, because, you know, sitting in my English class, 10% of the people in that class might come and watch me pitch on Saturday, but I'm going to see those people every single day in English. And so, my legacy for them is how I treated them um, in that English class. And so I think that's a big thing that, you know, I think a lot of times gets caught up in athletes is that a majority of their life, 95% of the time, they're just people too. Um, and then they also go and have the opportunity to, to play sports. And so I think um, that's what I really hope my legacy uh, and this class's legacy is, is that we've been able to impact people outside of sports. You guys are obviously super well-rounded, not only as people but as athletes. At the next level, regardless of what it is, something will probably change, whether it's taking the bump or hitting a little less or whatever that looks like. Have you guys kind of started that process? You're still trying to be as well-rounded as you can be, and you never know what situations may call for uh, down the road, but have you kind of given thought to shifting to a quote-unquote emphasis at, at the next level? Um, yeah, I have. Um, I've just kind of accepted that I'm going to go down there my freshman year and do whatever they want me to do and <laughs> just not go down there expecting to do this or that, but just work hard and whatever they call on me for, I'll be ready. <laughs> Not gonna pitch every game and that <laughs> yeah, because I think I think people forget and... like you're, you're a fantastic hitter as well. Right. It's like I mean, some people say, "Gosh, she's just she's only gonna pitch in college." Right, it's man. like, hey, it's it's tough. Like, do you think about that, or you might roll out there and they'll say, "Oh my gosh, sweet swinging." But let's just have a DH. <laughs> yeah, I. Well, no, yeah, Oklahoma's hitting the crap out of it right now, and I think they're only having, like, two people leaving their lineup, and so I'm just like, oh, whatever happens, happens, and I'm just going to go throw a little bit. <laughs> Drew, you're one of those guys that very few days off, man, that... Do I, w- I don't want to say one-dimensional, but, man, I you're running it up there at 94-95. You may not see a bat too much longer. Yeah, I mean... Probably not, honestly, especially <laughs> at the next level. Um, I feel like I'm a pretty good hitter when, when there's a fastball down the middle, but beyond that, I, 
you know, I'm probably served better up on the hill than with a bat in my hand. And so I kind of really haven't internalized all that, um, especially like done with football and done with basketball. So I think, you know, when fall rolls around and I'm not putting on cleats and going on turf, it'll kind of hit home a little bit more. But um, I understand that, you know, the next step is is the step that's the best for me um, in, in pitching and, and all that. So um, I think it's another opportunity just to focus more, focus all my effort and time on that. And I'm excited to see how I can develop in that area. How, how do you guys, before we let you go, I want to know, because t- a lot of people will listen to this and, and they they become motivated and they want to do a lot of things and they want to train and well I got to do this and I got to do that. Talk a little bit to our, our, our about rest versus rigor, perfecting your craft and knowing your body. Like was is it learned? Are you still learning it? Is it something you're having a hard time coming to grips with? How do you how do you negotiate rest versus rigor? Um, I think a big thing is just listening to your body. Um, a big part of like the mental confidence is knowing like that you work hard and that you practice a lot so that when you get out there, you know, you don't have the doubt in your head, like, Oh boy, like, I hope I am prepared. Like you just feel prepared. Um, but then part of feeling prepared is just like listening to your body. And if you need a day off, you know, and you've worked hard all week, don't feel bad about it. You know, recovery is just as important as, um, the lifting it's how you take care of yourself when you're not in the weight room is just as important as when you're in the weight room. So. Yeah. Um, I definitely agree. I think you have to find the right balance that works well with you. Um, and a lot of different things go into that, especially like on the off days or stuff that you aren't playing or, or lifting, you still have to treat your body the right way, whether, so you're not lifting today, but you might want to try and get in a, a 30 minute session of stretch or, or whatever it may be. Um, just because the process is a, a long and continuing thing. It doesn't just, I, all right, I'm starting tomorrow. So today I'm going to stretch and then I'll be, I'll be good for tomorrow. It's the last whole week makes you feel how you're going to feel on game day. So um, it's for me, it's something that I'm still, you know, working with and tinkering on and seeing how I can get my body in the best shape. Um, I mean, just a specific example like I tried last week to do like a light leg workout the night before I pitched. And then I noticed that in the third inning, my legs were pretty tired. So I know I'm probably not going to do that anymore, but just stuff like that, you have to do it to see how it affects you. And um, I think that differs for every, every athlete, but it's something that you definitely have to look into because it affects your performance um, a lot. Mm. You guys, that's great. It's probably it's probably a bigger deal to us than it is to you, just <laughs> yeah. because um, there's a part of me. I, I, jealousy isn't the word, but I I I can appreciate even whether I was an athlete of the year or not, or I got to play out whatever sport. Like you guys are just better, just 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 better, well-rounded, mature people. I I don't know what is in the water, but it is. Um, it's fantastic. It's it's probably been way better for us than <laughs> yeah. it has been for you guys, Mike. But yeah, the I mean, I just thank you for your careers, right? Because I think a lot of you don't realize it now. Maybe you do, but a lot of people will remember your names twenty years, twenty thirty years from now. You're going to be talked about as the best ever. So uh, that's important. The historical perspective, and I don't know if that's hit you yet. 
And if it hasn't, great. And if it does in 10 years, even better. But you'll be up there. I, I would challenge you guys, if you're a little bit of historians, find a, find a similar uh, a ball, a Krause, a Christo, mm-hmm. a Hepburn, a Salas. Um, I'm leaving out the wrestling community. The si- it's, yeah. it's, this, this, this is a rare time. And, and a good time to uh, to do what you guys do. So congratulations on all your success. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it, you Thanks, guys. guys. That is, um, that did not suck. <laughs> <laughs> no, it did not. I just, I don't understand. It under- didn't suck. It I, I, I just, I can't get my mind around how mature yeah. and poised and, and savvy it, these these athletes are that we've been talking to the last couple of weeks. I think it goes back to what they said, like the morals part, right? Like it's got to be part of it. Just how the, they were raised and just that piece kind of what is what stuck out to me. It, it's it's weird. It's like some of these answers are like you would cut and paste. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. It, you, just, you, you, you just would, whether it's yeah. attacking life, yeah. whether it was legacy. Yeah. Well, those, you know, managing your body. I didn't ask about social media, but both of them are like the epitome of what it should look like if you're a star high school athlete. <laughs> so, And how about the ability to reflect real time? Yeah. Hey, uh, Chucky last week, he yeah. says, you know, I, I probably, if I had it to do over again, I wouldn't have played so much basketball. Mm-hmm. I would have rested earlier. Yeah. I would have learned to listen earlier. And usually that's something you don't say in until you're a little bit further removed. Right. He's he's still in it. Right. And so he's doing, doing those evaluations. That's it's that's really pretty good. good. That right? was good, man. Not bad. Not bad. I appreciate <laughs> you holding it down. I was a, surprised to see you get started without me, but I'm Gotta glad go, you, man. Gotta glad, go. Glad you put your big boy pants on. You can go cover <laughs> cover your high school sports and, and do what you do, man. <laughs> you hear that music? Uh, that's our favorite Sasha on the ones and twos. That's my main man, Mike Sauter, already God, geared up, good. getting ready to go out on the pitch. <laughs> yeah, he's got the quarterfinals. Yeah, but by this time next week, we'll have crowned two state done. champs. Yeah. The, the the guys and the gals. Yeah, on that side, man. Have a good rest of the day. Appreciate you. The pot will drop Thursday. It's playing it forward. That's Mike Sauter. I'm ODB. That is Sasha keeping the inmates in check. A Huda Media Production.